This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's time for Batter Up, the definitive Atlanta Braves podcast with host Joe Patrick and Caleb Johnson, giving you exclusive insight into our Braves from Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Here's Joe and Caleb. Welcome into Batter Up on uh, this Tuesday, September the 7th. Caleb Johnson in with my co-host Joe Patrick. Joe, how's it going? It's going well, Caleb. Had a nice long weekend, you know. Football's back going, uh, so it's just like sports mania, you know, obviously yeah. in, in our neck of the woods. So, uh, no, it's I, I love this time of year. It's the best time of year, especially when you got a playoff race to, to pay attention to. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's a good time of year. Been a weird week, I guess, specifically for the Braves. Um, yeah. They are seventy-two with sixty-four on the on the season, a game and a half lead over the Phillies currently, which is less <laughs> than we Ooh. were a week ago uh, when we had the, what felt like a very comfortable lead. Uh, and the butts yeah. are clenched. The butts yeah. are fully, firmly yeah. clenched right now. Yeah, it, it it really is, and I and I. Honestly, it's just one of those things that we can kind of get into is I don't know that it gets any I don't know that there'll be any loosening anytime soon. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like I'm sorry folks that we're painting a very vivid picture for you just right out of the gate. Right yeah. out of the gate. We you know we're we're just just uh we're really Bob Rossing it right now with the mental images that we're giving you, but it's the honest truth in that the Braves go on this this last road trip uh, here this last week, and we knew it was going to be tough, um, and didn't come out exactly well. You you faced tough competition in the Dodgers and the Rockies, and you say, well, the Rockies aren't that good. But as Joe has said on this podcast, and as Joe, you came on uh, the show I was producing yesterday mm-hmm. uh, with Sam and Greg, and we're like, look, Rockies have the second best road, our home record in Major League Baseball, that's why it makes sense. You know, that's why it was going to be so difficult. Um, the one thing, it, are you taking any like moral victories away from this road trip in the fact that it was competitive the entire time? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I've been thinking about this a lot. It's not a moral victory, but I do think it's it the seeing the way that this team has played 
does not make you so concerned about um, the way that this team is going to perform going from here on out. You know, it's so it's not like you actually take something away. Like I feel like when you talk about a moral victory, oftentimes that can happen at the beginning of a season when you're thinking about okay, well we didn't win the game, but at least you know we have um, you know good form from a player or, or or something like that. In this case, it's more just like you're not upset with the way that the games unfolded. You're obviously upset with the results and. That is clearly hurting them in the standings, as you were just laying out the fact that the Phillies have closed it to a game and a half. But I don't think that you look at those games and really feel any worse about this team going forward, uh, especially when they're playing against kind of weaker competition like they're going to be playing on this homestand. That includes the Rockies, who are a totally different team when they go on the road. I mean, there's a reason this team is, what, like 10 games under 500 right now, despite the fact that they have one of the best home records in all of baseball, which is the fact that they just go on the road and are one of the worst teams in baseball. So, um, you know, I, I do feel like the Braves are still in a position to play really well on this homestand. And, and, you know, maybe they're not going to win whatever it was, like 16 of 18 or whatever that streak was that they had earlier this month. But, you know, I do think that they should go into these series with every expectation of, winning this ser- these series against the, the Nationals, Marlins, and Rockies, if not sweeping some of them. I think that the Braves are that much more talented than some of these teams that have, especially when you look at like a team like the Nationals, who really just sold off their basically their entire team. So I, I think that the Braves still, despite the fact that this lead has shrunk, I think it was actually kind of predictable that that was going to happen during this stretch of games. And I think that honestly, you know, I'm a little relieved that this team still has, you know, a, a division lead. I thought it was possible that the division lead could have gone away completely. Um, the Phillies haven't been quite as good as I thought they would be against some of their competition. But yeah, I mean, I think that you look at this team and you still are are pretty confident in what they're going to do. But of course, there are some some reasons uh, for concern we're going to talk about with things that are going on in the rotation and elsewhere. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. What are you feeling after after this stretch of games? Predictable is one of those places that I'm at where if you had told me, you know, over, over that six game stretch or what, no, seven games, right. Um, yeah. That they were going to win two, you know? <laughs> okay. So uh, I, I should clarify the, the stretch of games I was kind of referring to, which included the home series against the, both the Yankees and giants, just because like those, okay, that yeah. was kind of the start of like a, the, of you games against more difficult teams. But anyway, your point stands. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, no, it, but it, I think it's, um, you know, if if they had pulled out a win against the Dodgers, if they had pulled out a win against uh, uh, the Yankees, you know, and dropped a series to the Giants, I wouldn't have been that surprised. So it, it's one of those. I guess I, I'm I'm just not surprised by anything. And uh, you know, to your point of the fact that we honestly, knowing how daunting this this trip or this stretch of games was going to be, you could have come back with you know being down second in second uh in the division and to not have that happen is a positive uh especially like you said when you when you're going to face some competition coming up uh i mean you're going to get the rockies at home uh <laughs> who while being you know like you said a really a really good home team are terrible away uh you get the nationals who um are are selling off uh, you get the marlins who thank goodness pulled out a couple of games against the Phillies to kind of help the Braves mm-hmm. be in this yeah. game and a half lead uh, in the division. And the, the I guess the thing that I wanted to get to out of this, this recent road trip was a positive and that how impressive is it that the Braves have all of their infielders 
with tw- more than 25 home runs. Only the second team in Major League Baseball to pull that feat off besides the 2008 Marlins. Like that was that was something really cool, really really cool to see on Saturday. Uh that to, go ahead. To 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 me it's so encouraging. Like uh, so I uh, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself because obviously we're focused on, you know, this stretch of the season and trying to make the playoffs and everything, but I can't stop thinking about the way that these infielders have performed this year and not think about how good this team could be next year. When Ronald Acuna Jr. is back, when, you know, maybe, knock on wood, you get Mike Soroka back potentially, um, this team could be like a legitimate World Series favorite um, coming out of the NL next year. With If you can get an infield, and specifically Austin Riley, just the way that he's elevated his game this year to being a guy who's surely going to rack up NL MVP votes, um, that's just like... I don't you you can't you can never predict that kind of leap a player making the leap like that to a new level of performance but I mean it just shows how important that he's been to this team this year um with when you've lost guys like Ronald Acuña Jr. guys like Marcelo Zuna that that he's been able to step up and and be one of those run producers one of those you know power centers in the lineup truly somebody that I think pitchers are now kind of scared to pitch to and um and so it's just a huge credit to him and I'm just I just cannot wait to see this team at full strength that's like the one thing I can't get out of my mind this year is just all the things that have gone wrong for this team and it's just like I feel cheated I feel cheated that we haven't gotten to see what this team is fully capable of and so that's why I'm like kind of looking forward to next year but yeah no yeah I mean it's just been absolutely incredible what what these guys have done well and, playing and every day too yeah and, and I think like you talk about Austin Riley and obviously like he's been the the focal point um just because I mean he is having a season that he he get he's going to have his name in the National League MVP conversation I don't think he's gonna win it but he's gonna have Same. his name right there in it uh but the guy who's been a part of this infield who is making this record happen, who I just feel like we haven't appreciated enough is Ozzy Alves. I mean, whether he was the one who hit the home run on Saturday that made this, you know, made this possible. Like he reached 25 home runs and then Sunday leading off against a guy who is making his major league, you know, his first appearance in the major leagues and he takes him long. And that was just like, oof. You know, that, mm-hmm. that, uh, uh, what was it Feldman, uh, or Feldman? I can't remember. Yeah. But it was like that, that guy's literally for the rest of his life, never going to forget his <laughs> first batter in, in Major League Baseball, you know, giving up a home run. But that, I mean, that's kind of like, that's where Ozzy has been kind of slowly, um, ramping up because I don't think he had the greatest start to the season, but he's just been kind of, uh, so consistent and not necessarily spectacular that you kind of just take him for granted. Uh, and, um, you know, he is a guy like, I'm I'm with you. I, I can't wait for this team to get to full strength. Uh, but I think right now, like, they're really competitive as is <laughs> um, mm-hmm. when, when you have this infield kind of, um, you know, taking the brunt of, of the offense and, and really performing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the Braves have played 136 games this year. 
and Dansby Swanson has played 136 of 136. Austin Riley, a guy who has struggled with injury, especially in 2020, he had a quad injury that really kind of hampered him. He's played 135 of the 136. Freddie Freeman's played 135 of the 136. And Ozzie Albies has played 132 of the 136. So these guys have been relied on so much by Brian Snicker. And it's like, you know, in a in a normal year where you have your full assortment of, of tools and options, you would give those guys rests, right? But the Braves are not in that position. They've really been kind of all hands on deck all season long, literally like since the get-go, really. So it's just a huge testament to those guys that not only, you know, you might say, well, you know, they're hitting, they've, they're putting up these home runs and production numbers because they've played so many games. But I would actually say that, you know, the, when you play that many games, it's hard to keep your level of play at a high enough level to hit 25 homers. You know, it's, it's just very hard to kind of keep yourself that consistent over the course of a year. So it's a huge credit to those guys. And especially, you know, Ozzy is the kind of player who throws his body around. You know, like if you're a Braves fan, you watch these these teams every day, you see, you know, how how physical his game is, you know. Um he plays the, he plays it hard, very much like Ronald Acuña Jr. And uh so for that reason, it's just really impressive that those guys have been able to to keep going and you know Dansby talked about this to media a few a few days ago saying that, you know, he really gives a lot of credit to Brian Snicker for allowing them to do what they need to do to be able to play these games. Like if they don't, if they're if they don't feel like uh, they need or or want to do like a typical warm up day that might tax their body a little bit more if they're feeling fatigued, that's fine. You know the coaching staff lets these guys try, just figure it out. That's really uh, I think a huge feather in Brian Snicker's cap. You know that's the kind of thing we talk about with managers, just like not that are really good in the clubhouse and keeping that kind of clubhouse camaraderie, not the camaraderie, but just like the the spirits up. When players feel like they're being treated like professionals, I think they really respect that. They respect that in the manager. So uh, I also want to give Brian Snicker a little bit of credit as well. But uh, yeah, it's just really really impressive what these guys have been doing. Well, and and I think to your point about Snit is the fact that. He does something that guys seem to constantly talk about that I, I I just I struggle with the fact that it has to be looked at this like old school philosophy, which is Brian Snicker listens to his players, uh, whether it's his pitchers mm-hmm. uh, or, you know, are, are you talking about, you know, those other pieces of guys? Hey, you know, bodies feel a little taxed today. Why don't we do a, a lighter warm up? You know, hey, is that all right with you sort of thing? Like the fact that. Uh, that that has to get like applauded <laughs> is, is unfortunate, you know, and, mm-hmm. and and that honestly gets looked at as oh well, that's a that's an older manager, you know, he's he's uh he's trusting his eyes instead of the numbers and the the specific regiment that the training staff says they have to go through all of these sorts of things. Uh, it, it's just like <laughs> it, it's one of those things that makes you think like how how have we not realized that we've gone too far um, with, with a lot of things that um, numbers. And, uh, I, f- I feel like Joe Buck right now of, of being, you <laughs> know, know. When, when it's he like you can't broad, talk. Yeah. Right. I know. Yeah. I, know. I, I was about to say, I, I feel like Joe Buck and John Smoltz right now of the, oh man, the old days, the old <laughs> right. days. But for real, like it's, there, there is this yeah. aspect of, uh, I feel like we overlook um, managers who just listen to their players and in return, get a lot out of their players because um, they want to hold up their end of the bargain. I think about, you know, Charlie Morton has been a guy who said multiple times that, look, I go into the dugout after an inning and 
Snit's kind of coming over and asking me, you got another one in you or are we good sort of things. And and then you have Charlie Morton who throws seven innings on Sunday, uh, you know, and, and a big win to, to close out that road trip series. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's important. It matters. I'll go a step further and say that I think that a lot of the um, discourse around like, you know, the manager doing these kinds of things with players and like handling the roster like this. I feel like a lot of it's driven by this kind of like um, this like fantasy sports culture and this like culture of just like, um, yeah, like just looking at numbers and, and, and being kind of very granular in that respect and kind of like, um, yeah, I, I you know, it, I, it's I, I just because it's because Moneyball happened one time and now. <laughs> right. <we're> just <laughs> yeah. Well, and I will even say, like, I would firmly have placed myself in that camp as particularly before I started covering this team professionally, because before that I was not really as in tune with the day to day grind that baseball is. Like I always heard that, you know, you always like hear yeah. players talk about it, whatever, but like you aren't living it. So you don't really experience it in the same way uh, until you're talking to these guys every day, until you're seeing what they go through and just how stressful and, and hard just surviving a major league baseball well, season is. And I was just about to say, and I, I mean, it is, it is taxing for a reporter who is yeah, know, literally right? just <laughs> sitting in the press box every day. You know, you, you have those moments of like, all right. Yeah. All right. I'm going, I'm going, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and, and, and we're just like the lazy ones sitting and having to think of, new creative things to write about or or to say about this team. Uh, like they're the ones going out there and playing. And so, yeah, right. I, I, I definitely understand our, our um, just getting again, that different side of things. I don't want to call anybody out because again, I'll just, I'll yeah. hold my hand up and say I was, I'm in, sure. I was in that camp. I totally understand that point of view. Yeah. Um, speaking of Charlie Morton, he got yeah. a, um, a, a little, little chunk of change. A little something, his something. Way. Yeah. So, <laughs> Charlie yesterday, who and I thought it was interesting that um, Alex Anthopoulos decided to kind of make this news known the day after Charlie throws seven really strong innings, um, that he's getting a a contract extension for next season. Uh, it's twenty million dollars, and there is a club option for twenty twenty three for for the same twenty million dollars, and there'll be no buyout. Um, so. How you feeling about this? Love it. I love this deal. And in my opinion, like, I don't know. I haven't really been uh, clued in on Twitter or anything. I don't know if there's like a discussion on the value proposition of this, you know, is, is 20 million too much or too, or is it good, a, a good deal or anything like that? I'm not even concerning myself with that right now. I think that it's really good for a couple reasons. One, I think that it shows that the Braves are willing to spend, you know, like, and if they have a player that's out there like Charlie Morton, who they really value and want to keep as part of their organization, they will go splash $20 million out there and do it. You know, he's on $15 million this year, so it will be a pay rise for him. Um, but you know, I, I think that that's a good sign. First of all, that the team was willing to go out there and do that. And second of all, I just think it's going to be very good for this rotation. Cause I think Charlie Morton is a very, obviously been, you know, a rock for this rotation this year. I know he had some inconsistencies, especially early on this season. Um, you know, he kind of infamous for that one inning where he just kept on yeah. getting hit, hit around, give up a three run home or something that would kind of knock his stat line out of whack. But for the most part, 
he his performance really has been extremely good this year, like way better than I even expected from him. Uh, and I expected a pretty good year to be perfectly honest. So, um, I just and I don't see any signs of him slowing down. You know, I know that he's 37. I keep reading that when I see his bio, but I refuse to believe it when I see him pitch because um, just like the way he throws, I, there's no pitcher in baseball, in my opinion, that like has action on his pitches the way that Charlie Morton is able to throw that drop that curveball in there the way he wants the way you know just everything about him, man. He's just so good and again he just shows no sign of slowing down if you look at the spin rates of like you know the top um the the pitches that have had the most spin on them this year in baseball it's all charlie morton like it is all charlie morton's pitches so it just goes to show that if he can still do that with a baseball he's going to have value and the braves are clearly valuing him i like that charlie morton is going to stay with this team i don't like this deal i i don't i think they overpaid for him uh and, and i know that's being highly critical and that's looking at something, you know, like I, I feel like everybody right now wants to be very excited about this deal um, because Charlie Morton is dependable. Like he is a guy that this team has relied on and will continue to rely on. And I think that the Braves want to see him retire as a Brave mm. um, and see that moving forward. I just, I don't know. I worry about these early deals um, and, and I think the Braves are doing this right now um, to go ahead and get it done because they, they want Charlie to be a part of this rotation next season. Uh, and I guess there's going to be somebody out there who would have been willing to probably pay more um, to kind of give him a one-year deal to help them win a World Series sort of thing, which is I'm sure what Alex Anthopoulos sees him doing next year when everybody mm-hmm. gets healthy again. It's just one of those things that it it brings me back to Drew Smiley, uh, where you know the Braves I think overpaid for Drew Smiley a year ago, and now he's the he's a part of this conversation. We can have a little bit of of what his role on the team is now heading into the postseason, uh, and I guess I just get a little bit concerned that uh, we're the Braves. In having him here next year uh, and having a club option for him to play another year, the Braves at some point are going to get stuck with a Charlie Morton who falls off, who just doesn't have it anymore, and age has caught up with him, and maybe he's ready to hang it up and that sort of thing. Uh, and so I just, uh, I don't know. I I, I'm, I feel so torn because I, I really like the fact that Charlie Morton is back with the team. I just think they overpaid for him and now that's uh I, I think it was scott coleman of talking chop who tweeted out a couple days ago or, or it had to have been yesterday uh that this is now i think 120 million dollars locked up for next season so outside of a freddie freeman deal not a whole lot of moves are going to be made around this team and not a lot of changes are going to be made because the braves don't have the money aren't mm. going to be willing to spend any more money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that makes me uncomfortable, I guess. Well, yeah. So I guess from my perspective is I'm just, I'm still holding off on um, the value judgment of it in terms, in terms of the contract. Cause I, I, I don't know yet what the costs actually are of spending the $20 million. Does that mean you can't sure. resign Freddie Freeman? Like it is like, is, if that's no. the case, then yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of throwing it out yeah, there. Yeah, but yeah. like, just like hypothetically, if like that was the cost, then 
it's not a good deal, right? If they can't, like, if, if they have major holes, like, in the bullpen or whatever going into next year uh, because they didn't have, you know, X amount of money to, to, to throw at somebody who signed elsewhere, then that's a big cost. You know, like, there, there, there will be costs. It's hard for me to determine right now exactly what those costs are going to be. And I would also say that, you know, the Braves... I'll be interested to see the way that Major League Baseball payrolls shake out next year and the Braves and how the Braves align with that because, you know, the Braves have probably made more in gate receipts than a lot of teams in Major yeah. League Baseball this year because they opened the gates up fully sooner than I think anybody. I think the Braves were the first Major League Baseball yeah. team to go full. No, well, uh, the, Rangers no, the Rangers open. Yeah, yeah. but they're <laughs> they like were like opening Texas. full and like they weren't filling yeah. the stadium. Yeah. yeah. Um, they did like for that opening day game, uh, yeah. I think, or something like that. So, but like other, you know, the Braves have probably had more fans come through their their turnstiles than any other team in baseball this year. I would I would happen to guess. So, um, yeah, I mean, I understand. I I, I understand. I understand the critique for sure. No, it's it's so funny because so obviously like we don't talk a whole lot uh, before we go to record, other than just like we knew we were gonna you know throw out this contract deal, mm-hmm. uh, and I feel like I watched your like bubble burst as I <laughs> as, uh, over the course of me like I I was looking uh, you know yeah obviously like me and Joe were on Zoom like talking to each other and so I feel like I saw your face just be like. Well, man, Caleb, like I was just going to talk about the positive things of the, you know, and, and, and honestly, like the positives are, and, and I wrote them down because it, it is important to kind of grasp what Charlie Morton has meant to this team this year. 3.5 war, like that is <laughs> impressive yeah. and very, yeah. very helpful. Um, he's 13 and five this season. That's the fifth best record in Major League Baseball. Uh, he's got 185 strikeouts, which is the 10th best uh, in Major League Baseball right now. Like, like he is vitally important to the Braves' success and the Braves' postseason if they want to go on a run. And so I understand wanting to lock him up to a deal. Um, it just makes me slightly nervous. Uh, it also, I think, too, here's the other aspect of this. Uh it makes me wonder about what's gotten done with the Freddie Freeman contract or what numbers they expect mm-hmm. to have with the Freddie Freeman contract. And maybe are they like slightly backloading Freddie's deal that is assuming to be coming up next, you know, that's going to come up in the off season. Uh, and so maybe that offsets a little bit. Like, yeah. I don't know if I'm thinking too hard or if that just is a more realistic thing of, of how this got done right now. Um, when Travis Darno, who just signed what two weeks ago, he kept his deal. Like he was making eight million dollars. He's going to be making eight million dollars for the next two seasons. Uh, and he's also like he's older. He's a guy who's shown some age. Uh, and so to see a guy like Morton get a pay increase, a substantial one at that. Um, yeah, that, I think that was what what concerned me. I would probably feel very different about this just initially my initial reactions to this Charlie Morton deal if it was for more than a year Um, and of course it has that option but that's clearly just like free a free club option exactly so it's really we're talking about a one year uh, one year on the books here and so I guess like that's the reason why I'm not as concerned about the money at this point because it's only affecting next year's payroll and so um, you know maybe that is important maybe again maybe it maybe it prevents them from signing somebody they would otherwise want to sign. But um, I just don't see the the kind of 
long-term pitfalls potentially if he were to get hurt or something um and well, you know that's because you're not eeyore and i am yeah. <laughs> and, well I, w- I would also ask this um to i'll just ask you um but this would i would ask this question to anybody who would, be, yeah. who, who would be who would feel <laughs> uh, the way that you do about this contract which is that like I like to see the Braves spend money. Like I like again, is something I said off the top was like the fact that they did give him twenty million dollars was a very encouraging sign to me. That to me that 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 signals that they are willing to spend the money for the players that they think are going to help them win a World Series next year. Um, that they aren't skimping out and trying and thinking, oh well, we we could sign we could sign Charlie Morton for twenty million, or we could go into free agency and find uh, maybe some value on like a more Drew Smiley-esque type of deal. Uh, I like the fact that they have a guy they like, they want to lock him down, and they went ahead and did it. I, I can't argue with that. Like, that, that, is the, uh, that is the one side of this thing that, uh, you're right, uh, the Braves actually did go spend some money, and it's funny, they finally go spend some money, and I'm like, hey, you know, you should have been <laughs> saving more. Uh, uh, and I, th- I think it's just, um, it is the one, it's the one side of Alex Anthopoulos, well, uh, hindsight I guess is a little bit different but it is the one aspect of of Alex Anthopoulos making deals that I always just get a little bit frustrated with is the fact that he's willing to spend on pitchers and more often than not is not willing to spend on offense and offense is always what ends up being the downfall uh come postseason time Mm -hmm. and so I think that's the side of it this it's frustrating but you're right the Braves are spending money um and the Braves are spending are, are spending money on someone who I think will be dependable. Although it's just the little voice in the back of my head always goes, "Yes." Yeah. I mean, you can't fact- ignore it. You can you can't ignore yeah. the age. I make jokes about how he's like Benjamin Button or whatever, but like, yeah. it's real. Like you know, his body is not he's he's not Benjamin Button. His body is aging like any other human being. So it is a risk. Like I, there's definitely risk there. No sure. denying that whatsoever. But um. I just like the fact that they have a known quantity in hand and, and they were willing to go out and spend for him. You know, it's not, that's to me what differentiates this from like a Cole Hamels signing where I think they'd signed him for $19 million for his yep. one year. Um, and he was much more of an unknown quantity for the team. He was coming off of an injury. Uh, of course, he then went, went ahead and got hurt and ended up pitching like, you know, a few innings for the team. Three that innings. Year. Three innings. Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> unbelievable. And yeah. Now I'm just thinking about. Now I'm, just thinking about <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, the man, the man got twenty million dollars total because he got a yeah. million from the Dodgers, Dodgers. to not pitch. Yep. <laughs> yeah, can't stand oh, that man. guy. Anyway, so um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, it, like I also think that it's uh, what Charlie, Charlie Morton just brings from a clubhouse perspective and all that's important too. I think that he's like a really good leader uh, for a staff, which is uh, always good to have in tow. And I think that that's one of the reasons why the Braves have sought after these kinds of established pitchers that like seems like they've always had one in the clubhouse, yeah. whether that was going out and getting D- Dallas Keuchel in 2019, um, even though that was more Oof, of a veteran bullpen already. Rough. Yeah. He's just, I mean, even with the Braves, he was just never the guy. Um, uh, and then the Cole Hamels deal, which obviously was c- catastrophic. So, you know, there, th- th- these kinds of deals can definitely go sideways for you, but I just feel like if the Brave, if this is the kind of profile of pitcher the Braves like to have, just in terms of the veteran experience, then I would much rather them overspend for a guy that they have seen produce good results for them, uh, as Charlie Morton has this year. So that's yeah. where I'm on it. Well, let's go from one guy who is in the rotation to another guy who was in the rotation uh, and now... 
is is not, or maybe he comes back. Who knows? Drew Smiley, um, who was it? Uh, was it three four days ago that Brian Snicker announced he was going to bring him out of the bullpen? And then we saw that on Saturday against the Rockies, Drew Smiley comes in, uh, faces three batters, gets them all out, um, even has a strikeout in there. And where do we go with with Drew Smiley now? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. He's 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 a worry for me. Uh, definitely a concern because I thought that he was going to play a big part in this team's success down the stretch. Uh, you know, pitching in the rotation the way he was kind of midsummer, but you know he's really fallen off here. And especially when you look at the velocity, it's very concerning. And when you match that up with the amount of innings he's pitched this season in comparison to what he's done the last several years, ever since he got hurt after the 2016 season, um. You know, it's not encouraging. I'm not encouraged that like, or I'm not thinking that he's going to like bounce back at all this year uh, and, and become revert back to the pitcher that he was. I feel like the only thing that's going to bring him back is a prolonged, like an off season, essentially to like get his arm, let his arm fully rest uh, and, and come back at full strength. But obviously I don't, I don't think that's going to be with the Braves next year either. So um, it's tough. And hopefully for his sake, he can kind of, roll with this change and, and, and just kind of like make, make himself, uh, you know, uh, a bullpen arm and, and still be able to play a part for this team, be a productive member of this team and hopefully make the playoff roster. But, you know, my, my hopes for him are really diminished, uh, from what they were, you know, even three weeks ago or so, I'd say the one thing I will say for him that might go in his favor is that there are some other concerns with this Braves rotation right now. Uh, especially when you look at guys like Ian Anderson, um, he looked really good in his first start back, but then he I think he said it was his worst start of his career uh, in his most recent start against the Rockies. And then I don't, and I don't know if he struck out a batter uh, since he's come back, which is very interesting. I know he didn't have one in the one wow. really good start that he had. He had no strikeouts. Um, I don't know that I I don't know that I had paid attention to that. Yeah, and so I, about that. I think I I think I heard that he only had like three swings and misses against the Rockies. Right. So not huh. great, not great stuff for him. Yeah, you're right. He hasn't had a strikeout in his last two starts. Wow. That flew right past me. Uh yeah. and I mean obviously, yeah. I only noticed because we have to pull we have to pull highlights after games for the station. <laughs> and usually we like go like the Braves will put out videos of like the starting pitcher and their strikeouts. And I'm the, the headline on the pitching video for when Ian Anderson was just like Ian Anderson like pitches six strong innings or whatever, and then like the all the highlights are just ground balls and stuff. <laughs> yeah, well it was it was what? It was it was Thursday with Tuki wasn't any better like he went I I, because Ian Anderson went with three innings on Saturday Tukey went three innings on Thursday uh gave up five runs Mm -hmm. (laughs) like that's uh that's another concern so uh, again this is reason from like you know maybe Smiley's chances in uh, in the rotation aren't completely shot um because of some of these struggles that that these guys are having and of course we were saying or at least I was saying uh, a week or two ago that you know this Braves bull, this Braves rotation is uh, in great Six shape. Man. You yeah. got too many yeah. guys. You got too many guys. Now yeah. you're looking at maybe Kyle Muller comes back into the picture. I thought he, Kyle Muller might come back into the picture as a reliever, um, but not as a starter. I think that he might have another chance to to prove himself as a starter to see you know give the Braves uh, management one last shot to see what he's got. Um, but yeah, I mean, there, there certainly are positions up for grabs. I think for these guys, it's just, who's going to be in the best form, you know, come the end of the season when you need to kind of pick four guys to roll with through a postseason. Yeah. That's interesting too. it. Well, and, and for Kyle Muller, they're going to have to, 
they're going to have to move his starts around because he's in Gwinnett right now, and he just pitched last night, had a really impressive performance last night for the Stripers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think the the big thing now is that, look, Snit announced over the weekend that Freed's going to pitch tonight. Um, there's a to-be-announced tomorrow uh, and then back to Enoa on Thursday. Well, so you're not going to be able to go with Kyle Muller because – he just pitched last night. Um, do you turn to Tukey? I mean, I think so, even though he had the rough start in Colorado. Uh, there's, you know, or um, do you go to Smiley? You could go to Smiley. You could just treat his, you could just treat his, the inning that he threw in relief as like a side uh, yeah. and then go to Smiley. I Yikes. think that's probably what I would do. I don't know. It's, just, it's very interesting. You know, they've got so many different options they could go to. None of them, which are looking great right now. But, yeah. um, you know, with Smiley, the whole thing is like, can you just not give up the home run ball? Like, that's yeah. been the thing that has plagued him all year. He has one of the highest home run rates uh, of all the pitchers on the staff, both in the bullpen as well. It's like him. <laughs> it's Smiley, uh, Will Smith, who's the closer, uh, and then like Santana and Josh Tomlin, I think, are like the top four. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, Good I mean, old. like if he can cut that out, then you know, but that's a big if. It's like if I was about to say, you just had to bring up five a million dollars. <laughs> oh man, um, so Nationals in a three game series, uh, so nine games coming up that the Braves are going to play at home. Uh, which has, I think has to be in their favor, especially when you get the Nationals, who are giving up, uh, waving the white flag. The Marlins, who aren't waving the white flag, but should be, because, <laughs> man, they've been really bad. Um, yeah. And and then one of the worst uh, road teams in the Rockies. Uh, and, and I think a time that you can kind of give it back to um, Colorado for how things went um, at, at their place. Um, I guess what concerns you the most upcoming for, for the Braves? I I think it's this issue that we've just been talking about the, the rotation. I think on the positive side, I think this team should mash these teams like offensively. Yeah. I think, you know, the bats were quiet, um, more quiet, I guess, against the Dodgers, but you were still getting some home runs. You were getting some home runs from guys like Jorge Soler, Dansby Swanson. You know, they were just like solo homers cause you weren't getting that many guys on base, but um, you know this team has continued to to hit relatively well on this stretch of in this stretch of games on this uh, road trip, and so I just expect them to come home and be in in really good form. And I think that that's one of those things where, you know, when the pitching is struggling a little bit, when they are trying to find themselves, you need other guys to to pick them up. And I think that that's where this lineup can come in in a big way and and give them cushion and and just like not even put that much pressure on these guys to go out and perform perfectly. Just kind of you know go out there and give up you know three runs over five innings, whatever it is, you know, just give a, give a decent outing and just let this offense just kind of, kind of carry you home for the, for the rest of this homestand against these weaker teams. And the Braves are going to need to do it because they just pulled up the Phillies schedule. Uh, they are currently in a series against the Brewers who they beat 12 to nothing yesterday. So that's, that's crazy. Yeah. That's exciting. One, uh, one other, so, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no it's, it's just, Upcoming for the Phillies, so they're right. Like I said, they're amongst uh, a series against the Brewers. They get the Rockies at home before the Braves do, and then they get the Cubs. So um, if if the Braves stumble any, the Phillies are going to be right there to pass them. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean the Braves and the Phillies. I think both have five of the easy five of the easiest records in baseball the rest of the way through. So they both have 
easy schedules. And I think that that sets up a situation where, you know, it's either team's race to lose, you know, like whichever one does not perform against these teams that are very beatable and they should be beating is the team that's going to slip up. So it's going to be very interesting to see how all that shakes out. I mean, I can totally see a situation where we get to the end of the season and the Braves play the Phillies in the second, the penultimate season of the year, or series of the year, and you could go into that series with it being like tied or like you know like a two run lead or, or a two game lead, something like uh, uh, that. Yeah. Could, that could be a pivotal series where the winner of that series kind of flips the flips the the lead in in the division, and then the Braves will of course wrap up with the Mets. So it's going to be super super tight, and you just got to try to win these games that you should be you should be winning. So we'll see how how that goes. Yeah, if anything, I mean, it's just like I said last week. It is going to be exciting to watch. Like, it is going to be. Sure. I, I I don't think, uh, and, and you know, we're we're a week from, like I said, from me saying this. I don't think either team is going to just pull away with this in some massive lead. So it's going to be it's going to be fun, uh, and it is going to keep us plenty busy. Like you said uh, at the start of the show, with college football back, there's a lot of things to kind of uh, attract our attention. Um, and the Braves will definitely be amongst that is, I don't know. Well, we'll see where we are a week from now. Um, it's fun. It's fun when the, I like, you yeah. know, you, you obviously want to win the division. So you want to have like a million game lead, sure. but it's also yeah. fun to be in a race, you know, to just like, to, cause all these games matter, you know, even playing Marlins, playing the nationals on a Wednesday or something, you know, like these games are going to feel like playoff games. Uh, so it's going to be, it's going to be very fun to watch. And especially the way that Braves are just hitting bombs recently. Um, you know, those are going to be even more impactful here. And I think the, you know, the crowd, when the crowd pops when the ball, uh, goes over the fence, you know, that's gets even just amplifies even more during these times. Absolutely. Uh, anything else, Joe, you want to get to before we get out of here? I think we're good for this week. All right. Well, thank you everyone for listening to batter up. Thank you for catching it, uh, on Facebook live. And of course we'll, we'll post it everywhere on the Odyssey app and wherever you listen to everywhere on the internet, everywhere on the internet. For Joe Patrick, I'm Caleb Johnson. Have a great one. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.